Welcome everyone to another episode of The Candy Show. I'm your host, Candy. I have another extra special guest in the building. I'm going to introduce her, but I'm going to let her just totally, fully introduce herself because she has a long list of titles. I want to make sure that she lets you guys know who she really is. Guys, I want you to welcome recording artist, Miss Latrice Lawrence. Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm so happy to be on your show, Candy. It's been a while. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for just, man, I tell you what, this is a holiday weekend and I appreciate the invitation, the offer for us to finally get together. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm um, an artist with Enthrone Records, and we have a distribution deal with Universal Music Group UK. And um, I have been doing quite a bit. And interesting enough, things just started blowing up really over the pandemic. Things just changed overnight. You know, we had been had a relationship with KJLH, um, and that's um, Stevie Wonder's radio station. Okay. And I've been doing different events for them and so forth and so on and, and gigging myself, you know, my, my own gigs also individually. And so we were getting close to this deal and the pandemic just shut everything down, March, 2020. And well, let's do, let's. Let's, before you go on, before you go on, let's take a little bit further back here real quick, because I want to make sure that you let everyone know you're not just a recording artist. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about all of the titles that you have. You're a writer. Tell us a little bit about everything. So when you go and you say, I am Latrice Lawrence, I'm a recording artist, you tell everyone else what are the other titles that you hold? Okay, I'm I'm also an actress and um I'm also a songwriter and I'm a producer and um you know I um I've worked on some TV things like for example I worked on Snowfall. Snowfall was one of John Singleton's shows through FX. Wow. And so um, I've sung backgrounds with um, Barbara Streisand. And um, right now I work with two people, two people, two producers, and we work with artists individually and we do tracks for them and um, we develop tracks for them. And we also do, you know, singing work for them and different things. So, yeah, I do various amounts of things. And yeah. Um, this is you are royalty. I mean, not only do you, are you holding those titles, but you're also working with other people. And I just want to say first and foremost, one big huge shout out to Andre Pittman with Enthrone Records. Thank you so much, Enthrone Entertainment. Andre Pittman, thank you so much. It's a huge shout out for letting this connection happen. Yes, yes, yes. He's family he's um my friend and i'm really glad that um, we're in business together and i'm signed to his label he's an excellent person he he worked for he's worked for warner brothers for 35 years and then he worked for motown as well 
So he, you know, he had friends that were legends, Mary Wilson and, you know, different people. You know, it, it just, it's amazing the journey that he's been through in terms of being a recording artist at one time himself and a songwriter, but um, just being in the business and, and knowing the film end of the business as well as the music end of the business. So I'm honored to be a part of Enthroned Records. Enthroned Records is wonderful. Well, I am honored that you were here today. And now, you know, with everything going on, um, I just want to make sure that I let everyone know exactly the titles that you hold, because I could have said, you're a singer, you're a song, but I wanted to make sure it came from you. You're a beautiful lady. You have a beautiful spirit. And I, I know that sometimes individually, we can only probably tell our story better than someone else. So that's right. why I want to make sure that you introduced yourself as far as what titles that you had. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. You have such an amazing, beautiful voice. I love your voice. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, and I have to be careful with that gift because when God gives you things, you have a responsibility that goes with that. And so I'm very careful to acknowledge that he's the one that gave me the gift and I like to share it to to bless people and to for healing because you know you never know what someone is going through and I've had people come back and tell me you just don't know what I was going through in my life I wanted to commit suicide there was a guy that told me he was very depressed and he had been going through so much in his family and that my music helped him to get through a very hard time of his of his life and I just was blown away. And all I could do is thank God for that. Because that's not something I take lightly. That's that's a, a thing that God is doing. It's it's not, you know, about me. At the end of the day, we're just vessels at the end of the day. And so I'm honored to be, you know, singing and that I was chosen to be a vessel to sing to others and, you know, bless them, you know? Oof. I should have got my tissue. Oh, goodness. Because I'm telling you what, listening to your voice, that's actually what it does for me. Um, oh. It is, it's just so beautiful. It's calming. Yeah. It, you're welcome. It's, gives you a, an emotion. And just because, one of my favorite songs, and I know it's kind of probably not usually what I would say, but the type of music that you sing, it's not um, very, you would hear it classical music, correct? You sing classical music, you're trained in classical music, um, but you also sing other songs, but your voice overall, for me, it's just, it, it moves me. Um, Thank you're you. welcome. You're welcome. So let everyone know a little bit about your experience and what type of music that you do sing. Well, I do sing classical. I was trained um, almost 30 years. I attended Mount St. Mary's College and I was trained by Dr. Carl Snyder and I was trained by Dr. Joyce Sweeney. And um, they trained me to be, you know, basically they trained me to be a color tourist. And uh, Coloturo is a, a, a soprano, and there's lots of areas in their, their voice is rich. They, they have highs, they have lows, you know, pretty much you can move around. But 
the thing that I love about classical is that it tells a story. That's what I love about it. And I incorporate that same training, but take out the texture of it. And I like to sing blues and uh, jazz. I love jazz and blues very much. And um, I also love R&B and soul music. So I connect to Minnie Riperton and, um, you know, Aretha Franklin. And, you know, I connect to Denise Williams. And um, I have to say Alita Adams is one of my favorite. And um, another person who I love very much is Phyllis Hyman. And she was not, to me, she didn't get the grace that she deserved because her voice was just absolutely stunning. And um, and there's several people, Patrice Russian. I got a chance to meet her in my lifetime. And, uh, it's, and so I also, uh, Barbara Streisand, I liked singing her music as a child and I got a chance to work with her on her farewell tour. And crazy enough, she ended up not retiring. <laughs> she came back, but it was an experience. I really love her. And I um, work with people like Ralph Johnson, who's with Earth, Wind and & Fire. And uh, we did a song for Saida Garrett for Christmas. And so I've had a chance to work with some legends, but I really have to say, I can't say I have a favorite. It's hard because I I love classical and I love uh, jazz and blues and R&B and even uh, pop. And um, the cool thing about it, I love house music too, because I like to have fun. So I have a song called Moonlight Chaser, and that's more on the, the house um, spectrum. But I, I love the different amiages of music, and I love the different emotions that you have with music. Some music can make you cry. Some music can make you want to dance. And some music makes you want to shout because it's so spiritual. So those are the things I love about music and I love that uh, universal music they didn't just say okay she's an R&B singer or she's a gospel singer they gave me the title world artist because that means it's more global and it's more many you know it's many things that are in a, a, a pot it, it's so to speak you know so it doesn't limit you which you know people could put you in a box candy they really can Oh, yes, they can. Yes, they can. And I'm glad yeah. you mentioned the global and, and to global international. That is one of the things I wanted to make sure that we talk about because your reach is so far. And I think sometimes that is the great thing about being diverse when it comes to you being able to project different genres of music. It yeah. takes you unlimited ways instead of just being stuck in one lane. You could right. do a movie. You could do an opera, Ave Maria, right? Is that the song? Yes, you said uh -huh. it right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so your voice range is just so here, there, everywhere. And it's a good thing because Thank you can you. cross over into so much more opportunities yes yes and that's and that's I, a good point yes that's a good point because I've I've been blessed to work with um Chaz Cheatham and he's the director of the Episcopal Chorale Society and I've sung at the uh, Disney Hall and I've sung at the Zip uh, Theater and I've sung at um 
many venues, but we the one that really is memorable for me is when we went to De Spiegel Theater in Amsterdam. We were in um, the Netherlands for a whole week and we toured and we sang with this 200 plus group. And I sang um, as a special guest and I sang some solo pieces and we sung gospel, classical, everything. I mean, they were great songs. And I mean, we sang a song called The Irish Blessing and a beautiful song. Lots of beautiful choral music. And um, I sang under Anthony Parther. And Anthony Parther has directed uh, Black Panther. Um, he's he's done several things. He's done several, you know, like scores. He's directed several scores. So I worked with him and his orchestra, uh, the Southeast Symphony and San Bernardino Symphony. So it's wonderful to be able to to sing free by Denise Williams and then turn around and sing with a, you know, with a choral group or, or sing with an orchestra. It's, it's fun to be different because I want people to open up themselves to, to learn about different types of music, not just one, all of them, because Black people are involved in all genres, you know, and, and, you know, it can't be these sticklers of, oh, we just do R&B. That's not so untrue because, you know, spirituals are connected to blues and jazz, Negro spirituals. And slaves that were in the field, they were out there singing Negro spirituals about being free, sometimes being sad about not being free, and sometimes being hopeful about them being free in the future. And so that's what blues and gospel and all that is infused with. It's, it's infused with Negro spirituals. That's what it comes from. So, yeah, we have such a diversity within our culture that we have to tap into, you know. And, you know, I'm starting to see people welcoming all things, which is good. You know, that's the thing that we have to do. Yes. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that you also just mentioned free. Now you have a song, Free. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> you remember that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, that, that's from another side of me. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's talking about being a bird and flying high above the mountains, you know, feeling the dew on my eyelids. Yeah, I'm actually talking about a bird flying and, and overlooking the mountains but you know it says I want to fly just you and I uh, together we'll all be free mm -hmm. and I think it's it's funny because we thought oh we were just gonna sing that in the 50s and 60s but that's even true for today because they're still killing people in 2023 in southern states like Texas in 2023 you have to know where you're going and you have to know what area not to go at at night. And they have a curfew for Black people, specifically Black men. They'll kill you if you're out. And, and I mean, I, I couldn't believe it, but an Uber driver, a Black Uber driver, explained this to me maybe a couple of weeks ago, that this is still going on. So that song is still relevant today. You know, I wrote that song because you know we've been going through so many injustices we've been going through injustices for centuries but especially it remained true um during the time of the pandemic it seemed like 
it really got out of hand, you know, with George and how, you know, you know, he was, you know, screaming for his mind, crying out for his mother and a man was kneeing him in his neck and he couldn't breathe. That, that really sent a message to the nation. So that's why taking it back was so important for me to release. Thank it you. It was important. That is the yeah. next thing. And you know what? We're going to talk about taking it back here in a second. Um, what I want to talk about a little bit, what you just said. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually know until personally myself a few years, a few years back, 10 plus, 12 plus years, maybe 15 now, that when I was traveling down south, Alabama, uh, mm-hmm. for an entertainment inter, uh, entertainment event that you couldn't be in certain part of that's when I personally understood that you couldn't mm-hmm. be down south after a certain time you want to be out of there <laughs> right. if you're not out by four five o'clock then <laughs> you know exactly. but that was exactly. like 15 years ago when I first heard about that and then obviously right. we know it's still going on now which is crazy but yeah. um let's let's go ahead and talk about taking it back since you just talked about that loving that song i feel Thank like you. that that's one of those songs that it's you've been in this way of life for so mm-hmm. long yes and it's now time to take all of that back just like yes. the the song uh devil I'm taking it back no you, you, <laughs> yeah. you done stole all of this you didn't stole right, everything right, from right. me I'm taking it back so yes. that's what I got from that song and it's like you know what I'm done it's over I'm taking mm-hmm. everything back I'm taking me back yeah and I think I I was at a point where not only was our freedom taken in terms of we were locked in the house and we were on a lockdown I know it was for our safety but we weren't being told all the truths and if you listen to the song it says I'm tired of the lies I'm tired of the lies. I want to know why, you know, and it's just like, you know, you don't know my whole history. I'm taking it back. I mean, and we're saying that in terms of the government and trying to control us. And we're saying that in terms of our, our, our equality, because, you know, that woke a lot of people up when that man couldn't breathe and he was calling out for his mother like that. And we actually got to see the video and hear him begging for his life. That did something to me as a black woman. And it did something to me to watch my husband in pain because of this situation and my four brothers in pain because they're black men. And as a black woman, I have been to airports and been to places on layovers and been to places I had to get. And I got the little funny looks or the funny feeling in your pits of your stomach where you know you you need to go to your hotel. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I had to sing in Atlanta. I had I came back twice and I got certain looks when I went in certain areas. And I said, oh, okay, well, it's time for me to go. And I'm not saying I parked out, but you know when you are on uncharted tra- territory, sis, you can tell. Oh, yes, you're on uncharted territory. I said this and um, I honestly never had witnessed or felt that vibe before. And Mm. I can tell you, it just literally happened to me yesterday. Um, I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana. And where are you located at right now? 
I'm in uh, Los Angeles, California. Okay, now I need yeah. to come out there soon, but yeah. uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool out here, but what you're saying is is um, I mean, it's really on target because I was in the car, and this skinhead literally went around my car, and you know, I have a nice SUV. It's a Chevy. I have an Equinox. He he took his hand for no reason, took his hand and just hit my side mirror, and this, and he didn't break it, but the side mirror folded in. And, uh, you know, he passed by and jumped in front of me. And it, it, where I got on is a pretty urban area. And so a black man yelled at him, what are you doing? Hmm. He hollered at him, which I was grateful for somebody, you know, taking up for you. But I said, don't touch my car. And he flipped me off. And he, you could see the racist, you could just vibe the hate on him. And, you know, and he had the cross on him and the vibe and the bald head and this and this. And, you know, I said, I am not going to, I did something very interesting that I usually don't do. I said, I am not going to let him steal my joy. I said, I will not let him take up my space in my mind and upset me. Because I was listening to Beverly Crawford. And I was listening to Jehovah, uh, praise Jehovah, because I had to learn it for, to sing for tomorrow. I was, you know, of course I learned it now, but I was listening to it and it was really ministering to me. And that man did that to me as I was listening to it. I said, oh, he was a distraction. And I'm so glad I didn't let it get under my skin like I usually would. I said, you know, I refuse to let that man take my joy today. And sometimes you have to put your foot down and say, I'm not going to let this person, because they're ignorant, take me out of who I am. Because I could have really went there with him and called, you know, I could have really went there, you know, and I, I did say something under my breath, but I didn't get completely crazy with him. It could have been a bad situation. And I'm glad my husband wasn't with me because it really would have been bad. But the thing is, we have a lot of hate in this country that's that's the thing that that i'm getting at and i i purposely released that song because we need to know our power and it says you you don't know my whole history and and that's what this was we need to know they don't know our whole history you try to to, to tell me i can't read and i can't learn or i'm going to give a, a beating or i'm going to die but we come from educated people. We come from African queens and kings. And they didn't want us to know that the queen of Britain centuries ago was half black. Queen Elizabeth, queen Elizabeth II's family line. And there were black people who were aristocracy. There were violinists like... Um, um, the Saint George de Chavalet. Uh, he was. I, they have a movie called Chavalet, and the people are are starting to find out about him. He was not only a son of a nobleman, and, a, and, a, and his father was an aristocrat. His mom was an African slave, but she was freed. But her son, you know, 
was a fencer. He was a, tra a trained fencer and he was a virtuoso violinist and a composer. So he was on the level of Mozart and Beethoven, but better. So they didn't let him flourish because he was half black. And they told him to his face, no, you're not going to, you know, be the music director, you know, in this region. And we're not going to let you have that kind of power because you're black. So, you know, he was very distraught because it's like, well, how could you let me study here in France? And how could you let me play in the courts? And then you're going to tell me I can't do this. I can't have this role. So, we you know, a lot of us didn't know we had, there were Black people that were affluent and there were actually rich African-American people, Africans that were on, that were in the aristocracy circle and they were actually sitting with kings and queens and in committees with them. We didn't know that. And so for the first time, Bridgerton came on and uh, Shonda Rhimes, she showed it. And I said, I'm so glad she showed this because many people did not know that we had that kind of history. We just say, oh, we were slaves back then. But not everyone was. Right. And, and they don't talk about that. They That's don't right. talk about that. Most people think, oh, well, all black people were slaves back then. No, not in some regions they weren't. And um, it's just, this, you know, when people... The lack of knowledge is really sad. You have to really read and do research. And, and you know, I know that I don't, my, I help raise my niece. And my nieces and nephews, I would teach them extra history because I didn't believe they were learning all the areas they needed yes. to learn about history. There's some things that were being taken out and uh, filtered and the different things. And so, you know, we need to learn about Bunker Hill and the people that fought, even though they weren't free, they fought for our rights that were Black and they, they, they didn't have any rights and was fighting a war for people that didn't even care for them. So, you know, I, I get really into it because, you know, I want people to know we are powerful people. You know, they people, you know, they, they get a, they look at some, how some black people live or some black people's habits and they think that everyone's that way. But we're all different. We're very diverse people. So I think that once we figure out who we are and we really connect with our history, we're going to be powerful, yeah. you know? And that's the problem. That's what the theory is, is that once we really know who we are, that it's going to be an issue and it's, you know, whatever. But it's like, but the thing I tell people, if you don't know who you are, that's a problem. You always have to know who you are and know your power because that's what the strength is, you know? Mm -hmm. And I tell my nieces and nephews all the time, you know, don't react and don't, you know, don't say the wrong things to the police because that's what gives people some trouble. Sometimes yes, you don't have to say anything, but it's very important that we tell our young people to watch their verbiage, watch them with their tone, you know, be careful and don't make sudden moves. Just be still yes, and, and yes, really yes, follow yes. directions because that's how a lot of people are getting killed and hurt, you know. 
I tell you what, Miss Latrice, I know we can talk about this subject all day long because <laughs> this is a never ending subject. You, we can talk about it all day long, but I'm going to take it back a little bit. Okay. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the journey as far as how did you come to hook up with Enthrone? I also have a a little bit of knowledge about uh, raindrops and your contribution to that project. So give us a little bit of mystery about Enthrone and how did you come about getting on raindrops? Okay, great. Well, Enthrone, I have been working with um, Andre and singing with him in various projects and he decided he was with Sony and M. NPR. And he decided, you know what, I want my own label. And I want to be able to give artists the freedom to be their, themselves, be who they are, and to grow. And to, to have experiences to be abroad and, and be acknowledged in the UK and all over the world. And so I loved the idea of the whole global thing. And I trusted him. So, you know, I went on and I got with him and got with the throne and we put out um, congratulations, a remake of congratulations, Vestas, congratulations. And then we started thinking, okay, what's next? So he met Rain and they started collaborating and uh, they were able to land a deal with Universal Music Group in Santa Monica. The, you know, the one in LA, the, the very, very, you know, profound uh, one and so they got a deal and was able to get uh Cheryl Cooley with um you know with her climax climax to come on there and do love me and a few other things it was another one and then they got Stephanie Angelini and um I agreed to re-release my song Lonely and Moonlight Taser and Tito Puente Jr. was on it and some other wonderful artists. It was really a good mix. It was a really good mix of music. So um, it did extremely well and um, it was acknowledged by iHeart. iHeart really was taken back by several of the songs and they really loved my song Moonlight Chaser and it really appealed to in the gay community and I ended up getting a BMA award as a result wow. of, uh, of, of Moonlight Chasers so I was really excited about that and so it did really well yeah it did thank you it did really well and um, we had quite a nice adventure with Rain and um you know, it's really interesting because, you know, this whole music world is so small. Everything comes into a circle. You find out that everybody knows everybody. Yes, ma'am. I, mean, I love that still one of my favorite collaborative albums. And uh, I, I just was really grateful to be a part of that. And the way it was, the way it went in right on time, right, right before everything shut down that 2020 I never forget it was like March 12th or around March 12th or something like that or 13th and it went in just in time and you know and there were a lot of people's projects that got shut down 
luckily we were able to get it in and people listened to a lot of those songs during the pandemic and it was just a great experience it was, it was a really really great experience in that way so I'm grateful I'm grateful for that album that was it's a really good album it was, it was. At any point in time in your journey throughout this musical industry or just the entertainment industry as a whole, um, because you were writing, you're a writer and, and you work with other people. When it comes to your journey, was classical music, jazz, was that always the direction that you wanted to go? Or did you come across a path where you wanted to go in one direction, but yet something in the business or something told you, well, that's probably not the right lane for you. Did you come across any challenges like that? Or tell me a little bit about if you did, how did you overcome it? It's a good question. Um, you know, in my early and late twenties, I almost got tied up a couple of uh, labels that were gonna rob me blind <laughs> wanted four percent of my roles she's up front just craziness so I went through that and then you know that was frustrating and then I had a personal crisis with my health and I remember um, Tyrese's manager wanted to manage me and was offering me an acting deal and a singing deal and he found out about the the illness I was dealing with, I told him that it was flared up, but it could be controlled. He wasn't trying to hear all that. He was like, nope, I'm just not going to take a chance like that. And it broke my heart. And I would go into these bouts of depression because, you know, I just dealt with a lot of people that failed me. And I don't know. It's just, and I noticed it was always the R&B music, you know, always the R&B music. It was these politics and these people that were stank and, you know, trying to go to bed with you and be disrespectful and, you know, trying to steal your money. But I, I never had to deal with that when I sang classical or jazz or but I never had to deal with that because there was a class that went with it. And I'm not saying that R&B is not classy, but there are some people in power that abuse it. And I've dealt with a lot of men being disrespectful trying to get in my pants and being rude. I mean, when I wasn't married, when I, while I've been married, and it's just been, that part of it's been ugly. And the other part is that I love classical equally, but I will say that when I was going forward and um, doing it more, that it's a lot of politics. And sometimes you deal with prejudice and sometimes you deal with favoritism. And sometimes you do with directors that are unfair and that uh, want to try to control you and uh, make you a puppet. That part I can't, I couldn't handle. So I backed away from some of that because, you know, some people, you know, they have this thing and then they're just, and, and, they, and sometimes they're black and they don't want to be black. And they act funny and, you know, it's, it's just really, or if they're successful, they become real snotty and look down at other Black people. So I've seen a lot of that, you know, and, and that part will make you leave 
<laughs> I could have been like, I'm done. But I love classical. I wasn't going to let that run me away because I ran, ran into a few people that were crazy. But some people with power, they they do they do take it too far. I literally and, uh, had that type of, uh, before we even got on here, I had that same conversation with someone else about wow. my journey. And when something doesn't feel right, it takes you and puts you in a position, um, a thought process. This is something that I want to actually do. Um, right. And I've said it before with anything that I do, if I don't feel like doing it anymore or whatever it is, or I get this ugh or a forceful feeling, I'm going to step back and maybe yes. pursue something else whatever yes. this this whole thing might be um but once i get i guess the words to say once i once it's not interesting anymore or fun whatever i'm speaking specifically about then right. it is not for me i'm I, I must step away from whatever it may be and i'm could be talking about a relationship i could be talking about job anything but once mm -hmm. i get that feeling of feeling like i'm not interested anymore it's time for me to walk away. Or if yes. I find myself being in an uncompromising position or uncompromising conversation, I have to step back and reevaluate. Is this really what I want to do? Or That's is this exactly really where I want right. to be? That's exactly right. That's ex I did that with teaching. Teaching was wonderful for me. I taught all subjects. And um, I love the sixth grade because they were so easy to mold. And I love kindergartners because they're so cute and they, you know, they tell you the truth. Whereas people, grown people will lie to you, but you get a five-year-old, six-year-old, they're going to tell you what's going down. And I love that about them. So I love that group and I love uh, sixth graders, 11 to, through 12-year-olds. But I taught high school for a year. Oh my God. That was my introduction into becoming a teacher. Baby, let me tell you, I would I would never teach ninth to twelfth graders again. <laughs> and it was all girls, and they were horrible. I mean, they were a mess, wow. you know. And so this new generation is very interesting, you know, because they have this chip on their shoulder, and they think that someone owes them something. And I come from more of a background of, you know, you need to be seen and, you know, and not heard, you know. So we couldn't, we weren't taught to be disrespectful. We were taught to respect our elders. And so it's a, a, a new type of thing now. So I got out of teaching because I knew, I said, I stopped having a passion for it. And I had been doing it 11 years. And then it would oftentimes bring my illness out of remission. And I wouldn't be able to gig and sing like I wanted to. So I said, okay, I'm going to have to choose. So I chose to teach music. I chose to be a music director. And then I just decided I'm going to really just engulf myself into my career. And I paid some bills off. And I said, I'm going to engulf myself in my career. And then I'm going to teach music only. And that has been helpful. And that has helped me to contain the thing I was dealing with with my health. You know, it's been better because sometimes if you're in a stress environment, that brings negative 
things and it'll make autoimmune come out and different things occur because I believe of the, the nature of the stress. And so we have to watch our stress level levels as women and as men, and we have to go to the doctor. And, and so that's an issue too in our community, not going to the doctor and taking care of ourselves. But I do believe that you have to be happy, sis. You you said something powerful. And if you're not and you're questioning your journey or your choice, then you know it's not the right choice. So that is I, yeah, yeah, I feel that way. Mm-hmm. But you overcame it and you're yes. here where you're at here today on a wonderful, lovely, joyful, peaceful journey when yes. you're doing your music because I can definitely tell it I can feel your energy I can feel your emotions from the music that I've heard yes 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 is it's that important very... to you yeah I want to translate everything I'm singing about I want to be able to transfer that energy to the listener so they can gain peace and happiness and so they can know that yeah, I might feel sore or sorrow right now, but I'm going to come out victorious, you know, because, you know, you can feel sad, hurt, you downtrodden, but am I going to get through this is what it is. And that's what I want them to feel in my music, that they can overcome these obstacles and that God can guide them if they open their heart up to do it. You, you have to want change. You have to want elevation. So, if you want elevation, you could get it, but you just have to get on the right path and surround yourself with like-minded people too. And people that want to see you win. You can't have a whole bunch of haters around and you trying to get here and they want you down there. You have to, it all has to be a level playing field. All of it, your surroundings, the energy, all of it has to line up, all of it. And sometimes if you have to be alone, you need to be alone. I think yes. we all should be alone at some point in, yeah. our, in, in our journey of life because yeah. we're yeah. not all promised to be here all the time. Yeah. So it's like you need to be alone in order to understand how would you react to certain things? How would you go about a daily your daily life, your daily routine without everyone around? And right. Then, that's also a way for you to learn yourself, your yeah. do's or don'ts, what you will or won't, what you like or don't like. I love right. it, to be honest. Yeah, I, too. I, I can go, <laughs> you know, I got, you know, friends I've grown up with since I was 12, since I was a baby, actually, that I've known my day ones. But guess what? There are times I'll go and get a pedicure by myself and I'll go and go shopping by myself and I just enjoy those times or go to the Starbucks and go read a book or, or go, you know, drink some tea and sit and, and read a book. It's the most amazing experience to get in tune with you, to become friends with yourself. And it doesn't mean, oh, that person doesn't have anybody there with them. Some people choose that. And, and you have to have at least a day or two to yourself during the week where it's just all about you and connecting with yourself, reconnecting with yourself and God, because you have to have that time to, to connect with God and to connect with your inner self and reboot. Yes, ma'am. You have to reboot so you can get ready 
for the next job you have or the next gig or the next day at work. You have to be able to, to do that, you know. The next journey in life is ooh, right. The next oh, journey in life. That's right. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what other involvement that you have on when you have your projects, your 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 albums, your EPs, your singles. Tell me a little bit about that. Now, are you co-writing or are you pro helping produce? Tell me a little bit about your entire involvement with your career. Well, the thing that's so great is I get to be the executive uh, producer. <laughs> And the thing is wonderful, <laughs> is I, get, I give my my producers free range to do things. You know, I'm not one of these kind of people like, oh, I don't I want to control everything. No, I want them to get paid too. And they're on there and they're doing the hard work. They're creating songs for me. And I have them sometimes co-write with me as well. I do write most of my own music all my, myself, but I don't mind collaborating with them and, and us doing songwriting together because it's not only fun, but you really get the best story when you collaborate with other people because you get different perspectives involved and people can tell, hmm, this song is different. I don't want all my songs to sound the same. I want them to all have a different flow, but still have me in them. But you know, you know what I mean, but have a different flow. And so since they're younger too, I believe that they're able to tap into some things with my younger audience as well as the older audience. So I really, uh, I think that songwriting is one of my superpowers. I, I love songwriting. I love writing about life and I love poetry. I love Nikki Giovanni growing up. So I, in Maya Angelou, so I love, poetry and so what I try to do is incorporate stories you know because that's what we you know our grandparents told stories they told stories about their grandparents and their grandparents grandparents and so storytelling is very efficient in life you know you can tell stories that can cheer people up you can tell stories that are historic that's informative so I think that songwriting is a is a thing that is uh, something that I really love doing and I love producing I love working with other people and creating music for them or make it if they have a song and it's not strong enough building it and fattening the tracks with my two business partners and making a song grow and be something totally different you know we get to see the birth of the song and it came a certain way and it doesn't leave our presence and it doesn't leave our studio the same way. And so that that blesses other people. You know, we don't just get paid for it, but it gives us a joy to do that. So we meet like once a week and we work together and we work on my stuff, you know, my music and we work on other people's stuff, you know, other artists. So that is a good thing because we get to meet different people and we get to, you know, branch out and, you know, and we get to, uh, you know, it's kind of cool because it's like you get to, to meet other people that are popular artists or non-popular artists, indie artists. And so it, it gives us a sense of purpose in terms of making people better 
and making their music better. So I think that's something that's another part of the deal with me. It's not just my own music, but I get happy, you know, strengthening other people's music and helping other people with my business partner. So that's important to me too. You know, networking is really important. I was yeah. just about to say those last two words to me, to say, I, that's applicable to me as well. It's not yeah. about me. It's about yeah. the other people that I'm working right. with or mm-hmm. extending that mm-hmm. extended olive branch. If I'm yes. able to assist someone, that's what I want to do in right. whichever way that I can. And then again, building the network. Um, I, gosh, I literally just had that conversation. Wow. Some things that I do, if I never do this again, what was important to me was that I built those connections, those relationships and not just networking, but it's the relationship that's important to me. Yes. So I'm like, you and I, we're on the same page. Just let you know. We are, we are, we are. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. On the same page. If you wanted to say today that you no longer want to do something but you want to focus more on something else what would that be and it doesn't have to be music related but it's just a out the air question just it could be anything even if it's hey I don't want to jog anymore I'd rather just (laughs) ride a bike you know so it doesn't have to be you know your career related but if you can just say I'm just going to stop this and I'm going to focus on something a little bit more which, what would you think, what, what exactly would that be for you? Well, I was just saying this yesterday to someone that's very special to me. Um, I'm going to focus more on, you know, strengthening my mental stability and strengthening my spiritual foundation and not worrying about what people think. Non-factor people are no longer going to give space that's what I said, because all when I was 20, I was worried about what somebody was saying about me, pleasing people. At the end of the day, you know, you're not going to please everybody. It's impossible. You have to try to just please God and, and try to make the people in, the ha- in, your, fa- in your life that's important, like your husband or your kids, happy, you know, or someone is close to you. But you really have to focus on your own happiness because if you don't, it starts to translate into your health and your health will go down. So I made it a point to be more green in my diet and cut, you know, meat and certain things out and cut sugars down. I've seen an actual change. So I'm going to do more of that moving forward being more aware of what I put into my mouth, what I ingest in my spirit, what I watch, (laughs) all that, because all that makes a difference. And, you know, when you got people that's full of the devil around you, that'll bring your spirit down. So I'm really careful now who I have around me in my circle, my inner circle, who's who's around me that's crazy I don't want nobody crazy with a bad spirit around me I just don't because I want to be better and the only way you be better 
is that you have a better surrounding around you. You just, you and watch with what you ingest, what you ingest into your spirit, man. That's, that's like major for me. So I think that for me is watching what I eat and watching what I put into my spirit and what I surround myself and connect myself to. If it's a bunch of women and they drama filled and be backbiting and be going there, oh no, y'all stay over in the corner. God bless you. I visit them. I come see you or I come see the show or I'm being supportive, but I'm not trying to do all that. I'm not doing that no more because that's not good for me being around that kind of stuff. I, I don't. So that, I think that's growth knowing for me when to pull away from things when they're not good for my spirit. And, and, and that's really where I'm at now. I think it's coming with age is what it is to not to pull away from things that are toxic that, that, that way I won't have to worry about my blood level spiking up or whatever. Cause I'm keeping that mess away from me. So, so that's, I think that's really where, where it is for me right now. Oh you know. goodness. You know, I'm over here shaking my head. Yes. And I'm over here crying because <laughs> that is it. That's it. Uh, right. Growth. And as long right. as you are here and the Lord blesses you to be here, to be at whatever age that we are, and you're able to say, well, if I was oof, 10 years younger or whatever years younger, then that would have been me. But you have now grown into a whole totally different person. Your mindset is differently. What's important to you is something different than it was maybe five or six years ago or 10 years ago. And it's right. like, all right. I want is peace, stress-free, drama-free. I'm fine. So if I have to be by myself, I'm okay with that exactly exactly you have to be aware of your triggers yes whatever that may be or whoever that may be yes sister yes that's right from a mouthful right there that's it when you go to if you ever have been to therapy they talk to you about triggers that's the first thing they talk about knowing your triggers you have to know you just like you have to know your enemies. <laughs> you got to know the, the enemies. You got to know your triggers because you n- learn to work your way, way around that when you do, when you find it out. You learn how to try to navigate it a little better, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's really important. It really is. I know, Miss Latrice, we have had a great conversation. Um, today I know I would love to meet you soon one day I would look I look forward to that in fact yeah me too because I definitely want to be able to sit in your presence and just listen to your beautiful voice in real time Um, yes I don't I love music I love all kinds of music and that's one of the things that I like about you per se, just for me, just for me, because your music again is very versatile. So you're not just stuck in one. I hear one song, but then you hear another song. It's completely different. And so right. that's what I like about it. I can come, I can listen, I can feel, I can kind of meditate a little bit. I can just just pull out everything from just listening to you being able to sit in your presence, being able to just 
look at you and perform. And it's just, I can tell it's a calmness that you have. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's a peace. The music peace. gives me peace. It gives me peace and hope. It gives me hope too. And the thing that I'm looking forward to is I have this big show November 4th at um, the Stuffed Potato with a band, background singers. And I'm doing seven of my originals, some of my best originals. And I'm going to do Phyllis Hyman, Therese Russian, Denise Williams, Alita Adams, Whitney Houston, you know, and I'm I'm going to share that, some of the pieces that, you know, that I love singing with the audience and that they connect, they can connect to. So that's going to be in Anaheim, California, um, November the 4th, and I'm going to have two sets. So if you can come to LA and come and get a ticket, I would love for you to do that. And then I'm singing next month. Um, friend of mine is having a Donny Hathaway tribute concert and I'm singing the closer I get to you with him uh you know reflective upon the song that you know Donny Hathaway's version in um Roberta Flack and um I'm singing at a mixer at the stuffed potato September the 30th and so I'm supposed to be doing this other gig with Keith Borden and when I say that he is a singing fool, yes, I said that. <laughs> he can sing his face off. And he, uh, we're going to do a duet thing and have our kind of our own little sets as well. And we're planning that together. He reminds me of a Daryl Coley type of voice as he has a Daryl Coley type of vibe. But I want you to look up a song by Keith Borden and it's called Here's to Life. Okay, we'll do. And it's a remake. It's a jazz song, but it's such a beautiful uh, Shirley Horn, I believe, sang it originally. But I want you to check it out. It's called Here's the Life by Keith Borden. When I heard him, I said, this dude remind me of uh, Daryl Coley. You know, Daryl Coley was a beast in the gospel world. That was a singing war. So when I heard him, I said, who his voice is as a rich Tom Brady reminds me of him. So I love singing with other people, but I tell you, you hit it on the uh, nose. Music gives me peace. So I try to translate that into my delivery to other people where they feel like they're at home. That's, that's what I want them to do. Feel like they're at home and, and feel good in that moment, you know, and they could take that with them wherever they're going you know so that's that's my goal usually is for people to feel peace in the, within themselves by the music encompassing them with peace and hope so I think that's that's the the thing that uh, I like to do as a musician you know some people are all into themselves I just want the people to feel good when they leave well just let you like know Huh? I just let you know that does do it do it for me. So you have achieved oh. your goal, you Thank know. You. With me. Candy, that means so much to me. It does. Because that's so really good. all I want is just for people to, you know, everybody's like, oh, I want to sell out all over the world and I want to be rich. That's lovely. Believe me, everybody wants that. But at the end of the day, if somebody can leave 
and they had some heavy on them before and they leave lighter and they leave with a peace within themselves, girl, that blesses me because I know I've done my job because that's what we're supposed to do. Singers are not just singing a song. We're supposed to be healers and people miss that. We're healers just like doctors are healers. So our music should be healing. It shouldn't be chaotic. It should be healing. <laughs> no. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. And then I know I, we both, like I said, we can talk all day, all night. But <laughs> yeah. um, you mentioned two people, Minnie Rippleton. Yeah. There was one song that I was listening to before we came on here and that literally, and I do apologize, I can't remember what the song title was, but I literally heard a Minnie Rippleton sound. So it was funny that you mentioned that. Really? Yes. Are you, I, talking about, are you talking about Secret Lies? I'm not for sure. Like I said, I cannot remember because I was listening to a collage of your music. Okay. Um, I could definitely tell you, I would know for sure, Ave Maria, um, and obviously um, taking it back, that they have a distinctive sound. Right. Um, and they all have a distinctive sound, but that's just what I gravitated towards. But I can't remember what it was, but I do know that when you mentioned it, it was like, wait a minute, I just said that to myself. She just said a note that literally sounded like Minnie Rippleton. Yeah, I love her. Oh my God, when she when I was a kid, oh that lady, I I just was just blown away by her delivery, and when she would come up to the stage, and what really impressed me is when she had cancer, I lost her hair, and she had the wraps on her head, and get up there, and she slayed those people, and she was in pain, and she was battling the cancer, and it had metastasized to her arm, and. It was bad and she had breast cancer and they didn't have all the things they have now to help you. And so she died and she was like 36 years old. She was young and so and beautiful and had two kids and had a husband and loved her to death. So she really, she really, really touched my life musically. And so did uh, Denise Williams and so did um, Leontine Price. Because to me, I was like, ooh, mommy, I want to be a diva like her. <laughs> she walk up there all refined and have her hands like this and, you know, just so elegant and, you know, poised. And I said, ooh, mommy, I want to be like her when I grow up. You know, so she's she definitely made a mark. And I was glad that, you know, she was a Black woman that did it. It showed them that we could be... Uh, and operas and everything too but if you listen to her her delivery is soulful even though she's singing the classical she has more of a soulful delivery she connects with her spirit and I think that's what impressed me with her as a classical singer is mm -hmm. that she embodied you know still the soulfulness even though she was singing classical and so I mean those few people, they really touched my life alongside um, alongside uh, uh, Barbara Streisand, who really touched my life as well as a child. Uh, her music was just absolutely beautiful. And I enjoyed singing it. And, uh, you know, 
I just feel honored that, you know, my parents allowed me to, to just, you know, get into so many different types of music. Mm -hmm. I was happy about that. That they bought me a piano when I was little. You know, they bought me a xylophone and they they I'm glad they were the kind of parents that saw that I had things within me that needed to be cultivated and they and they heard me. You know, I'm I'm grateful. Because some people don't do that. But I'm grateful I had those sorts of parents that they gave me the things I needed and they gave me things I wanted too. They gave me a good life. And um, you know, I'm glad because you have to be well-rounded in this life. You have to be. You have to be open. You know, you can't just be closed-minded. There's a lot of closed-minded people, but you have to be open-minded. That's the only way you're going to learn different things. And so... It's interesting you, know, you said that because that's why I said I grew up on all different kind of genres and of yeah. music. So that's the reason why I'm like, you know what? I'm thankful, even though back then when I was little, I was hating that my father would be up <laughs> at two or three o'clock in the morning and all of this other stuff. But now I see the benefit yeah. from it. I see the hard work. I see the sacrifice. I see why it's in me. It'll never go away from me, music. So um, before we get out of here, let everybody know how they can follow you, how they can pull your music up, listen to it, download it, buy it. And you've already mentioned some of the places where you're going to be at performing in the future, but I want you to also let them know, kind of come back to that again, if you don't mind. Oh, no problem. No problem. Well, you can find my music at www.latricelawrence.com and you can, you know, go right on there. My bio's there. There's pictures, there's uh, shows coming up and it has um, a full way where you can download on Deezer and you can download on Amazon.com. You can download on uh, Spotify, Tidal, so many different ones. But specifically, you can also Google online, just put Latrice Lawrence Music and it'll pop up. And I have Deezer, uh, iTunes, iHeart, all this stuff will pop, Pandora, all that will pop up. And um, join the Latrice, the official Latrice Lawrence music page on Facebook, or you can follow me on Facebook, Latrice Lawrence or Latrice Lawrence 2. And uh, actually, if you if you actually go on www.latricelawrence.com, you can actually get e-letters and different things too. So that's also a good way to keep up with me. But um, yeah, I'm constantly talking about the things I'm going to be doing. And my November show at the Step Potato is going to be really just euphoric. It's going to be really great. And so I really urge you guys to go get tickets. They're 32 bucks. The place has excellent food and it's just wonderful. And it's a black owned establishment too. And then, you know, we're going to, you know, they're going to, I'm doing my originals and I'm going to be doing famous music, popular music that people love. So think of all your favorites from Denise Williams and Minnie Riverton and uh, Whitney and Lita Adams and Patrice Russian and Phyllis Hyman. There are some jams. <laughs> so yes, yes, yes. I plan on, you know, performing those and I'm excited about it. And um, yeah, go on the page. 
look at the music because I have different types of music and download some stuff. Because there's some stuff that, some songs that really have a message in it. And if you're having a hard time, it can be helpful. Because I, I sung about some journeys that I went through and, and shared and poured myself into those songs so that it can help other people. So that's what it's all about, you know, uplifting other people. You're also on Instagram too. So make sure you tell them also about the Instagram page as well. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm on the Instagram, Latrice L. You know, you can type in Latrice Lawrence, L-E-T-T-R-I-C-E, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, or just Latrice L. And that's how you find me on Instagram. Okay. Well, Miss Latrice, it is nice finally getting, meeting you. Um, And then I, like, I'm going to continue to follow you and continue to support you again. Please continue to keep, you're welcome. Continue to put out that great, beautiful, like inspiring music. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a, a supporter of yours. And Thank again, you. like you're welcome. You. Hopefully we'll get to meet each other soon. Yes, I hope so. And you hang in there, stay encouraged. Don't let these people with bad spirits get you down. Racist no, or otherwise. No, no, ma'am. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Candy Show. Make sure, once again, you are subscribed to the YouTube page, which is where you'll see this interview and all the other past and future episodes. That is YouTube channel, capital C, with the number two at the end. That's Candy Productions 2. You can also follow the Instagram page, and that is Candy Talk Show. And guys, just make sure that you like comment subscribe share and then we're out thank you so much guys for your time thank, thank you, you so Latrice. much god bless you sweetheart yes ma'am Talk same to you, to you. thank you okay, bye-bye <laughs>